Hello, and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heaven Bound podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and this is where we reflect on the weekend that was. We dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about as this week unfolds, but also preview what's to come this next weekend at Charlestown Road. Roger, this past Sunday, you talked about God's special day. Yeah, we started off by talking about uh, we all have special days in our lives, whether it's birthdays or anniversary or national holidays like Fourth of July and Labor Day and things like that. And we noted that throughout the Bible, there's a lot of special days for God, Pentecost and Passover. But a significant one that takes a major role in the Bible is the Sabbath. And a lot of times when we talk about the Sabbath day, we just quickly say, well, that was Saturday, and New Testament Christians don't follow that, and we just dismiss it. But it's a significant point in the Bible, and it brought up several lessons for us to kind of look at as we kind of went through and talked about that day. It was a major point in Jesus' life, as many of the Pharisees tried to trap Jesus because of the Sabbath day. And so from that, we really looked, we looked at three things. We looked at the value of work. The work came first, then came the Sabbath rest. Uh, we talked about how in our culture today, uh, the idea of work is not viewed highly. It was by God. So God told Adam to work before he sinned, before the curses. Work is not a curse, and work is not a punishment. It's a good thing to do. And so we went through several aspects about the value and the importance of work. Then we talked about the second aspect, and that is the need for rest and what it meant for the Jew to rest and the value of resting. And we're going to be kicking that around here in just a moment. And then we wrapped it up by saying the Sabbath was a reminder of God. It was a time to spend with God and to worship God. And that carried us over to the the book of Hebrews chapter 4 where it talks about an eternal rest coming to us, which is heaven. And so through that lesson about the Sabbath, it opened our eyes really to lots of things that sometimes we just don't think about in this regard, and we kind of easily dismiss it because we say, well, we just don't follow that. If you haven't had the opportunity, of course, to watch or to listen to that sermon, I definitely encourage you to go back to charlestownroad.org. We're always thankful for the work of a variety of people behind the scenes that make those resources available. It's freely available on our website. But Roger, bouncing off of that, here we are now several days later, middle of the week, Uh, Maybe it's been restful for some of our listeners. Maybe they have been going since Sunday morning. And so here in the middle of the week, we love to take a few minutes looking back and allowing the seed of that Sunday morning sermon maybe to settle a little deeper into our hearts. And I jotted down a couple of questions based on where you took us in God's Word. Number one, why did God rest? We can go back to Genesis 1 and 2. We read about what God created on day 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. The seventh day is described very differently for us in the early chapters of Genesis. Why did an almighty being take the time to rest? Sure, and let's just read the passage in Genesis 2, verse 2 and 3. It says, by the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. 
Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. We know first and foremost it wasn't because God was tired. God doesn't get tired. God doesn't have to sleep at night. God doesn't sleep. Uh, and that's, that's one of the comforting natures about him. And so when, when it says God rested, he ceased from his labors. I think more than anything else is he's establishing early this concept of work and rest, of Sabbath and connecting with him. And so he did this as an example. And it would be something that we would need to follow our, ourselves. Physically, we understand that, that, you know, a person can only go so long and their body just wears out. Uh, you see a little child and, and he just plays and plays and plays and gets real quiet and you look over there and he's laying on the floor asleep. His body is just worn out. Uh, that's a physical type of rest. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what all this rest did mean. But, but for Israel, as we think about the Sabbath, it, it was ceasing from their labors so they could connect with their family and connect with God. And that's, that's the key there that I think we see there. And so, uh, that's why God rested. We see that in his giving of the Ten Commandments, right? And in other places, he reminds us that for six days he himself worked on the seventh day he rested and he instills that as a kind of pattern from the very very beginning okay you referenced a few minutes ago that we see some patterns in the life of jesus and so okay god gives us a pattern in the earliest chapters of the bible god in the flesh god with us certainly seems to give us some patterns what can we learn about rest specifically from the life of jesus well let's grab another passage here and this is in mark chapter 6 and it's in 31 and 32, Mark 6, 31, 32. And the text says, And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest for a while. For there were many people coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. They went away in a boat to a secluded place by themselves. Now, there's a difference between isolation and seclusion. Because in the very next verse, the people saw where they were, and they ran on ahead of them to get ahead of them. But they got away from the people. They took a break, and that's necessary. Now, what happens in Mark 6, right before the verses we read, is word comes to Jesus that John the Baptist has been killed. He's been executed. A lot of parallels between Jesus and John the Baptist. They were family members. Uh, Both of them were men in their 30s. We see that John died violently. We see that John died righteously. He died for doing what he should be doing, and that's teaching the Word of God, telling the truth. And what was coming right after this is Jesus was going to walk in the same steps. He, too, was going to die violently. He, too, was going to be executed by the government. He, too, was going to die for telling people the truth. And so so Jesus and the apostles get away. They get away to reflect. They get away to observe. They get away to think about things. One of the passages I used in that lesson was from Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus, in the midst of a series about being anxious or worry, says, uh, observe the birds of the sky. I mean, he talks about, look at the lilies of the field. Sometimes we're so busy, we don't see those things. And what this does is causes us to think. 
It causes us to ponder. It causes us to reflect. And that's really what getting away was all about. It was, it was about a time where they were going to get back and reconnect, get their focus where it should be, and get about doing what God wanted them to do. So what I hear you saying, and maybe you can flesh it out a little more, it, it sounds like rest in the Bible Let's say it's more than taking a nap. What what do you have in mind? What do you see from the scriptures when it comes to rest? Why is it more than just taking thirty minutes to lay on the couch in the middle of the afternoon? Yeah, that sounds real good. You know that <laughs> that siesta. You know that that sounds real comforting to a lot of us. And and uh, or or just uh, as a teenagers say so often, why are you doing? Nothing. And, and sometimes the, the world of nothing sounds very inviting to us. But when, when, we look at the, when we look at what ancient Israel had to do, you know, the, their Sabbath day wasn't like a day off of work for us. You know, we think, okay, I work Monday to Friday, then I got my Saturday. And Saturdays, I got to clean closets, I got to take care of the yard, I got to take the dog to the vet. And we're, we're, our Saturday is just filled with stuff. And all we're doing is just changing from going from the workplace to the home place, and we're still just as busy as ever. And Israel couldn't do that. They couldn't cook. They couldn't wash. They couldn't pick up sticks. They couldn't travel very far. They had to basically stay at home or go to the synagogue and worship. And so what they would do would be spending some family time. What they would be doing would be worshiping God. And that, that is something that, that again, our busy world, sometimes we need a serious break from electronics. You know, we've got phones around us, we've got computers, we've got tablets, got the TV on, we've got the radio on. We always got noise. And just to have some silence. I had some of my grandkids this past weekend, and we went out on the deck, and I said, listen. And they said, I don't hear anything. I said, that's right. Listen. <laughs> you know? and, and then after a while, we started hearing crickets. We started hearing birds. We started hearing things. And, and, and it's just, it's just th- that concept of slowing down and getting your order in order, getting your priorities straight and reflecting on those things that really help us. And so, so you know, just taking a nap, that's a nice thing to do. Your body needs that once in a while. But that doesn't change who you are or where you're going. The Sabbath was to do that. The Sabbath was to remind you life is more than work. You work six days, but that's not what life is all about. Here, you're, just, you're to do nothing other than connect with your family and connect with God. And that's, I think, the, the powerful thing about that. And sometimes we just don't do that. We, we just don't do those things. And I think because of that, life suffers in so many different ways. So let's maybe explore that a little here in the middle of the week for the average person listening to this particular episode. I, I'll tell you just from firsthand experience I struggle on this front. It is very easy for me with what downtime I have to fill that with something. You know, maybe I'm not writing a sermon or preparing to teach a Bible class or having a personal Bible study with somebody, but I'm driving for a while. I've got a a little bit of time and it's easy for me to 
For instance, hit play on a podcast. Fill that downtime with time to learn, time to, to expose my mind to other things. Or, you know, we're getting ready in the morning and we'll have a television on for background noise. You get the idea. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one for whom rest, the kind of rest you're talking about, Maybe it's a little challenging. Why do you think many of us find this sort of rest a little hard to do? I think there's a couple of reasons. I, I think uh, those of us that are type A personality, you are, I know I am, with capital A, underline bolded. <laughs> you know, that's just, it, it's very, very hard for me to unplug my mind because I'm always thinking about the next thing I got to do, the next thing I got to do. Just all, that thing is just always running all the time. And that, that there's a place for that. But there's a place just to slow down and to think about these things. I think another reason that so many of us feel this way is that we got so much to do. And we, we've just squeezed our life full of everything. And so I don't have time just to sit on my back deck and just sit. I don't have time because I got to do this. I got to do this. I got, and the list is long. All the things I got to do. But in 10 years, definitely in a hundred years, 99% of those things really won't matter. Yeah. And now, now we think they're, they're a high priority for us. You know, I've got laundry to do. I've got to put this up. I got to do this. I got to do this. You know, and just, and, and that's how we run. And, and we're like that guy on a treadmill, but we never get off that treadmill. And so what that does, it leaves us stretched and it leaves us irritable and it leaves us always feeling rushed. I'm, I'm always in a hurry and my spirit feels hurried and my fear, my spirit doesn't feel rested. It's interesting when Jesus gave his invitation in Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary laden, and, and, and I will give you rest. Now, he's not talking about I'm going to give you a pillow. It had nothing to do with pillows. <laughs> but, but, but rest from carrying the burdens of this life. Rest from the guilt from sin. Rest from just feeling you know, feel like I've got to figure the world out. I've got to quit running this universe. God runs the universe. And so, so I think one, one thing we can do is just kind of force ourselves to do this. Uh, one of the things my wife and I do, you know, we do this a lot this time of year is we'll just get our dinner plate and we'll go out in the back deck and we'll just eat outside and we'll just talk a little bit and we'll listen to the wind going through the trees. We'll look at birds and we'll just, we, and what it does is just allows us both just kind of unwind a little bit, kind of calm a little bit, rest ourselves a little bit. And that's, that's just a wonderful way of doing that. Sometimes driving in your car with nothing on. Yeah. Turn off everything and just think. Just think. And, and you know, at first you're going to think about, well, I've got to do this, got to go here, got to go here, go ahead. Traffic's backing up. And then, and, but then, then you pull away from those things and you start thinking about, okay, God really took care of me today. God blessed me yesterday. I asked God to forgive me, and he did. And I'm part of a great church family, and I'm part of this, and I'm part of that. And, 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 and then you start, you start becoming thankful, and you start counting your blessings. And all of a sudden, your busy running spirit calms down a little bit. And sometimes the things that bother us and stress us don't bother us so much. 
And it's that kind of rest I think we need to do. I think our society has to force ourselves to do that. And our society won't do it, so disciples must do it. So we must find that time where we will just rest our spirit, connect with God. I I, I find it interesting, especially among us males, that uh, Sunday morning worship is really hard for a lot of people. Because the only time they sit down is when they sit in the easy chair at the end of a day, and usually they're asleep within five minutes. That's common for so many of us. So to sit through a worship period is hard for a lot of people to stay awake because they're always going. They're always busy, always doing something. And the way you deal with that is find some time during the week to do the same thing. I'm going to just sit down, but the TV's off. I'm going to sit down and just think. I'm going to sit down and pray. I'm going to sit down and count my blessings. And as you do those things, you find your spirit just slowing down a little bit and things getting better. I love how you highlighted earlier that this not only says something about us, but it says something about our conception of God, right? That um, one of the best descriptions of sleep I've ever heard, you know, we common knowledge that basically a third of our lives we spend sleeping. Uh, easy for many of us to view that as a nuisance, you know, something that we're going to try and burn the candle on both ends because we really don't want to do that. But we were created to do this, and it is a daily reminder, among other things, I am not God. The the globe continues to spin, life continues on, the church continues to flourish, whether I am asleep or not. And we need those reminders, right? I need those reminders. I am not indispensable. You are not indispensable Only God is the truly indispensable element in this great equation. And I love how you've described rest in terms not just of our bodies, not even just of our minds, but of our our spirits as well. It's what uh, Jesus talked about in Matthew 11, as you referenced. I think it's what David referenced in Psalm 23, that God leads us beside still waters. As our good shepherd, he restores our soul. This is whole being sort of rest we were created for, for our good, as a reminder that we must humble ourselves beneath the mighty hand of this almighty God. A couple of verses I used in in that sermon uh, from Ezekiel 20. He says in verse 12 of Ezekiel 20, Also I gave them my Sabbath to be a sign between me and them, that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Then down in verse 20 of the same chapter, sanctify my Sabbaths, and they will be a sign between me and you that you may know that I am the Lord, your God. And so for ancient Israel, as they worked six days a week, their mind was a lot of places, building, doing whatever you do. But then on the Sabbath day, there was a reminder. The Sabbath wasn't just about resting. It was more than just slowing down and catching your breath so you don't wear out. It was a connection between them and God. And it was a reflection between them and God. And so, 
you know, in, in our busy, busy world in which we live in, I think this is something that's important. Now, do we keep the Sabbath as they did? No, we do not. Sabbath is not commanded in the New Testament for Christians today. It was part of the old law that went to Israel. But there's lessons, and that's why I try to get us to see there's some valuable lessons here that help us. Because we may say, well, I'm not, I'm not Jewish, I'm not Israel, I'm not of that people, so I don't have to take a rest, and on and on you go. But what you're going to find out is you're going to feel stressed and worried, and you're going to feel stretched, and you're going to feel tired, and you're going to feel like you're juggling five balls at one time and you can't do it. And what your mind, your spirit, your soul needs is just to slow down and connect with God. All right, last question. You said it again on Sunday. We say it all the time around here. Sunday is the best day of the week. Now, Roger, uh, your Dodgers are in first place. You you enjoy watching them. You enjoy your grandkids. You uh, there are lots of things to enjoy Monday through Saturday. Do you really, I mean, really mean it when you say Sunday is the best day of the week? I would say really, really, really. (laughs) I really do. I really do. And it's for, it's for really partly because of this lesson and because Sundays are, Sundays are different. Uh, Our schedules are different. Uh, We, we, we dress differently. We act different. Not, not, not in the sense that through the week I can just be, you know, carnal and worldly and Sunday I put on my Christian attitude. It's just, it's just that we're together with the people of God. We know we're coming to worship. We know we're going to praise God. We know that, that this is something that God wants and this is good. And, and it has, a, it's, to me, it's like an oasis. It's like this guy who's out in his boat or in the desert and he's just, you know, you know, needs some water and off there's like these palm trees and he runs to it and that's what he needs. And that's what Sunday is to me. It's just a great day. I wish every day was a Sunday. I wish somehow God could work things out and say, you work one day a week and then you go to worship the rest. <laughs> Man, that'd be awesome in my book. I would love that because that's it. We, 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 we just seem to get things right because of Sunday. And now again, when we just try to squeeze in just an hour for God and off we go, then we're losing it. And, you know, I had somebody tell me after worship Sunday, after I preached a sermon, he said he remembers years and years ago when everything, even gas stations, were closed on Sunday. And today, Sunday is the biggest sports day of the year. Sunday is the day that people go shopping and do everything. And so, so when we think about this idea of Sunday, it's a time for us to really recharge and reflect and become what God wants us to be. It is the best day of the week. God's special day. If you have not watched or listened to that sermon, freely available at charlestownroad.org, you would be well served by spending about 30 minutes reflecting on those powerful truths. It's not Sunday, but we are looking forward to another great opportunity this evening. Our Wednesday evening summer series, In Christ Alone, continues this evening. We're looking forward to having Ryan Goodwin from outside of Memphis, Tennessee, being with us this evening at 7 o'clock p.m. He's going to be talking about this powerful lyric from the hymn, Sin's Curse Has Lost Its Grip on Me. What a powerful 
powerful idea. We would love to see you at 7 o'clock p.m. this evening. Roger, in fact, this coming Sunday, you're going to kick off a special series that's going to take most of the month of August, but a really important series. We're going to begin by talking about shepherding the people of God, and we're going to talk about the concept of leading the people of God, lots of different layers we're going to look at. This is going to carry over to our Sunday night as well. When we, Jason and I are going to be together, we're going to do our, what we call our chair series. And we're going to be talking again some more things about this in a question-answer format between each other as we look at this valuable, valuable topic of what it means to shepherd the people of God. Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to This Week at Charlestown Road. We'd love to see you at 7 o'clock p.m. this evening. We're already looking forward to Sunday. Indeed, it is the best day of the week, and we would love to have you come and grow with us. 